States in the midst of a severe and extended drought and all of the issues that comes with that, the drama and the trauma that results because of it. One of the episodes is uh, as people are desperately looking for water in order to drink and to cook with and to clean, uh, there's one family that finds bags of ice and they, they put it together and they bring it home, they, they clean their bathtub, they plug their bathtub and pour the ice in the bathtub so that it can be uh, used as it melts down, it can be used for drinking, it can be used for cleaning, it can be used for cooking. And uh, over the course of events, while that water is still there, some toxic cleaning chemicals get spilled into that water. And uh, uh, all of a sudden now, in, in great horror, they watch as the water now is unfit to be drunk and used in any way. And uh, they despair as they have to pull the plug on that bathtub and they watch that water disappear down the drain. And as it circles the drain, they despair because they're not sure of how they will proceed. What a shame. What a waste that this water, this essential quality for life, is now useless to them. And it has to be literally flushed down the drain. It's not what it is supposed to be. And how it is to be used. Jesus, Jesus talks similarly about the church and Christian living. He talks about in his message about how we have been recreated in him in order to uh, be vivid reflections of God in the world. So you are recreated in Christ Jesus so that you can go into your world in order to be a vivid reflection of the goodness of God in your life. Here's what the Bible says. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus uses the metaphor of salt and light with such effective force in these verses, such familiar verses for many of us when we think about the teachings of Jesus and a description of what Christian living is intended to be in the world in which you live, in your your workplace, in your home, in your neighborhood, and at your school, wherever you are, how are you to be salt and light? These are metaphors for the folly of not being what you were created to be, or in our condition with Jesus, what we are recreated to be. You see, we are agents and ambassadors for Jesus in the world. And how is salt, salt that is not salty, it's useless. Light that is hidden and shrouded makes no sense. And that's just Jesus' point, is that which is not being used or used improperly. Have you ever been in the kitchen and maybe making cookies and got mixed up with the salt and the sugar? One of my favorite shows to watch on TV is our, our, a lot of different cooking shows. It's kind of a, a topic that I enjoy watching. And they're, they're, it's really fun to watch these professional bakers at times get in. They're rushing against the clock and competing against each other. And as they, they prepare their, their desserts, there have been occasions where they have accidentally, in their haste, they grab the salt 
instead of the sugar and put salt in their dessert instead of the sugar. And when they present their, their dessert to the judges, the judges can tell right away, right? It's easy to spot when there's been a lack of sugar and an increase in salt. And often they can be so embarrassed, they literally take that dessert and it gets chucked into the garbage can because it's gross. And it's not what it was intended to be. Getting the spices mixed up is not so good. Salt, certainly, in the first century, it flavored things. But most often, salt was used as a preservative. And in the area of Palestine, salt would have been most often drawn out of the Dead Sea. And it was common for the salt elements to get mixed with other minerals out of there. And the result was that the, the preservative quality of salt if it got overly mixed with these other minerals, it would lose its ability to, to be a preservative. This is in the day before refrigeration and other means of keeping and storing food. So its saltiness, so to speak, became useless. It was useless as a preservative for salt. And so the only use for it wasn't now to, to shift it into some mode. It was literally to be thrown out and to be trampled underfoot. It was good for nothing. Just like the cookies baked with salt instead of sugar. I want you to hear uh, this passage again in the message translation. Because as we think about what is it that Jesus is honing into for us, he's giving us a description here in this part of the Sermon on the Mount about who you are as a follower of Jesus, about who we are to be as a church. Here's what the message translation says. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine! Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You see how the message begins? He says, Jesus says, I'll tell you why you are here. Why is it that you're here? Why is it that Jesus has called you into a new relationship with him? He is transforming your life. Remember, we've just talked about the Beatitudes over these many weeks and talked about how all of us, beginning with me, including you, how all of us are undeserving and unworthy of being called and accepted into God's kingdom, yet out of his abundance of mercy and love for you and for me. God makes us acceptable to himself through Jesus. This is why this is such good news. Jesus is coming to remake you so that you can be salt and light in your world. Hebrew teachers would use this metaphor of salt to talk about wisdom, being, being the wisdom in the world, sprinkling wisdom into your world. So that the end result, the scripture says, Jesus says, is that people may see your good deeds 
And by seeing those good deeds will glorify your Father in heaven. You see, it's not so that your name is written in lights, but so that the name of Jesus is magnified and presented to people, and that through you they are called to him. How does this work? How might this work? Because we know that we live in a world that has changed and continues to change rapidly. The culture around us changes continuously. But God and his gospel does not change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. In him there is no shadow of shifting and no change in him. He is consistent from the beginning to the end. God is God. His gospel is true and continues to be that which calls you into his new life. The landscape of our country here in the U.S., and the world has changed. It continues to change. Where there once perhaps seemed to be more commonly shared sense of values around important topics like healthy marriages and stable families and the desire for strong communities and uh, all held and bound together in prayer. Uh, that's one of the ways that, that the world is changing. And our culture is changing. And we feel it, don't we? And in response to a world that's in constant flux and change, and in a world that seems dark in so many different ways, Christians can, and at times they choose to clench their fists in disgust and anger. And you can see that sort of response come out of them, this disgust over a culture, and, and the anger that wells up in them, and it spills out in ways that I believe are really negative and are a reproach to the name of Jesus. But that, that's a tempting response in the midst of a world that is constantly changing, is the clenching of fists out of disgust. A different response is the wringing of hands out of despair. Have you found yourself in one of those positions, either the clenching of fists out of disgust, or the wringing of hands out of despair and not knowing and, and not hoping anymore that anything can change or that God is powerless to meet a need or to step into the world. You see, when we find ourselves faced in, in a world that's constantly changing, often it results for Christian people in the church generally into absorption, where the church absorbs the ambient culture around us until it's indistinguishable from it. And when a church or a Christian life begins to simply meld into the surrounding culture, that type of Christianity, it suffocates and it dies. Because that is not Christian faith. Christian faith is intended to stand apart from the culture in which it is in, regardless of the culture in which it finds itself. So absorption is one option that many Christian believing and many churches fall into where they're indistinguishable from the culture around them. Other times, Christians or churches will, will move into a walling themselves off from the world, where a church or Christian begins to circle the wagons in an effort to, to keep what is perceived bad out and to protect what is, what is good within. And the same result will happen when a church either uh, absorbs the culture or walls itself off from the culture. The end result in both of those options is death. Because that type of Christianity, walling itself off, eventually implodes in upon itself. But you see, the Bible says, Jesus calls us to be missionary people. 
And we are missionary people through and through. And missionary people cannot be missionary people without standing with and beside and engaging with other people in order to be salt and light into the world today. Russell Moore, in his book titled Onward, he calls us to a different response. He calls us neither to absorption nor to a walled-off mentality, but he calls us to what he describes as engaged alienation. Engaged alienation. And in his book, he says, he describes it this way, that we need a Christianity that per- preserves the distinctiveness of our gospel while not retreating from our callings as neighbors and friends and citizens. He goes on, he says, our end goal is not a Christian America. Our end goal is the kingdom of Christ, made up of every tribe, tongue, nation, and language. We are in Christ, the heirs of this kingdom. You hear what he's saying? Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount and throughout the Scripture, Jesus is describing His kingdom come, not a particular country's kingdom. You see, we... On the other hand, we're not at war with the culture, per se, either. We focus on Jesus. Our calling is to focus on His gospel and His kingdom that He has opened up to us. We are to be salt shakers into the world who infuse the wisdom of God into our conversations. We are to be light bearers who enter into the world and saturate our school classrooms and our workplaces we, we illuminate our neighborhoods and our homes with the gospel of Jesus. And we do this how? By simply living in the way of Jesus. So often, I believe, we, we overly complicate matters. But it's rather simply that we live in the way of Jesus, and thereby we become salt shakers and light bearers into our world. We do it at home and with our neighbors. This, again, is the reason for our pray one by one emphasis. It is to to call our church and to reset ourselves as a missionary people. A missionary people who is focused right across the street as much as I'm focused across the sea. Across the street and across the sea. We are to be a missionary people on mission with God. See where God is at work and seeking to join Him there, praying that God would, would renew us, that His Spirit would burn fresh in us and ignite a renewed passion in us, a renewed love for the people who live right around us. Not, not a position of animosity, not a position of clenched fists or wringing hands, but a position of open hearts and open hands to share with them the hope of the gospel. This is, this is who we are as people. We're to be salt and light into the world. And so I don't care if you're praying one by one. I just want you to pray. I want you to pray that God would give you a, a new set of eyes and a new heart that longs for the salvation of the people around you in your world. That you would be salt shakers and light bearers in your school classrooms and among other parents in your life or among your social circles. We mentioned our rooted groups. Part of rooted is at a certain point, rooted groups are uh, invited in 
this what's called a serve experience where they as a group come up with a, an idea, a plan, a way of, of connecting with people. Some have chosen to, to connect with others in the church and others have looked for, for ways outside the church of serving the world around us. Uh, one such group recently, they, they realized that some of the schools and the administration of the schools and uh, teachers of the schools that this has been a really hard year. We've talked a lot about in, a, in, in our world and our culture about the difficulty of the past year of COVID uh, on families and on students having to study from home and on parents, the pressures the parents have had both in, in balancing work and helping studies at home and uh, providing space for all of that. And of course that's true. It's been really stressful. But one of the things that's not been highlighted quite as much, at least to my eye, has been the, the challenge that school teachers and school administrations have had. And so out of the, the desire to, to love on and to encourage some of the teachers at one of our local schools, Mill Valley Middle School, uh, a, a, group of, uh, a group of women who have been doing Rooted, they came to their serve experience, they decided that they would go and, and try to shower the school administration and teachers with love. And they did that by collecting up just out of their group, their small group, stick, uh, sticky notes, post-it notes, and pens, and they, they home-baked cookies, several of them did. They bought some store, store-bought uh, sweets. Uh, they they hand-wrote cards to them, over a hundred of them, and they went and delivered them. And within minutes, they literally had thank-you notes placed in their hands. Uh, the teachers and the administration were so overwhelmed. Uh, with the, the appreciation that was shared. In fact, uh, one of the principals sent this note to the group. He said, wow, thank you all so much. Uh, and he extended thanks to the women's group at Tiburon Baptist Church. Your active service and kindness was incredibly warm, caring, and thoughtful. And on behalf of the staff of Mill Valley Middle School, we want to thank you all for the card, the treats, the post-it notes, the stickers, and the Kit Kats, it is much appreciated, and we are grateful for all your continued support of the staff, teachers, and students, and parents, and the community of Mill Valley Middle School. You see, this is the way that our church is being active, and, and this is not the only way, but we're being active and seeking out ways to be salt and light because of love for our community, because of love for those who, who don't, aren't yet understanding of the invitation God has given them. To come into his great kingdom and to live life with him. So we're to be salt shakers and light bearers in our homes and within our neighborhoods. And so you're invited to pray one by one. We are to be salt shakers and light bearers in our schools and, and in our social circles. And uh, this example of Millbat Middle School service is one. And we're also to be light bearers and salt shakers in our workplaces. Um, in our schools, the, the group that I'm in right now, one of, I've been blessed by so many of the testimonies and hearing our leader, Greg Bailey, share how he has connected with one of two of his different workmates uh, over uh, these recent uh, times has been so inspiring to me. And I just want you to hear and to be encouraged at how one of our members uh, is reaching out on a personal one-to-one basis with some people in his life. And I hope that you'll find that, gosh, maybe more of us can do things like this as well. So be blessed by watching Greg's video. Thank you, Greg, very much. Beloved, if you're hearing my voice today, I want you to know, and 
to remind you this day that God loves you, that he died to pay the high price of your sin, the sin that separates you from God. The very thing that we have committed that separates us from God, God wants to remove that on our behalf. And so he offers that as a gift to you. And he rose from the dead, the scriptures say, so that he can offer you the forgiveness and the cleansing that your sin deserves and that he wants to provide to you. And this day, he invites you to turn to him. If you've never accepted him in a personal way, in a desire to say, I, I trust that, that, that I have blown it, that I, I have really messed things up, and I need your forgiveness I ask you to become the leader and centerpiece of my life. I trust in your resurrection and your death on the cross. God wants to forgive you. God wants to invite you into his kingdom. That, that's, that's what it means for us to be light bearers and to be salt shakers in our world. It's so that God, his message through us might go to invite others who are not yet part of his great kingdom, part of his great life, and the fullness of his life is not yet part of their experience. And that's what we desire. Because apart from Jesus, there really is no hope. No hope in this life, nor is there hope for the life to come. Living God, we pray this day that you would hold us, that you would guide us, that you would stir our hearts afresh, so that we can be those men and women, students in our schools who are light bearers and salt shakers, that we would know that we are the salt of the earth, that we are uh, the light of the world, and that through us, God, your message goes forth. And so we pray that you would stir anew in us to be your people. To be what you've created us to be. And not to try to be or do things that are not part of our calling. Because your gospel is so true and powerful, that is where we center ourselves. And that is what we offer the world around us. This message of reconciliation that God has come to reconcile men and women to himself. Because of his great love for them. So God, help us to embody that message, to live in it, and help us to go and share it 